Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. This is the Abby Normal Podcast, here to tell you that you're weird and that's normal. Today we get to talk to Chelsea. You actually got to hear my first real conversation with her. We met through a mutual friend, and then she came on this podcast. She was on episode number 31, Won't You Be My Friend, and episode number 48, Grunge Adjacent. You might remember her because she started a theater company in Seattle. So anyway, we had that one real conversation, and then the shelter-in-place hit. She actually moved away from me back to Washington, and we've had a couple more phone-text convos since then, And now here we are at the end of shelter in place. And all of us are looking at these kind of friendships with a side eye, right? We are obviously hungry to see and hold our besties, but acquaintances, what do we do with them? Are we ready to set up coffee and hangouts with our next click out people? Who do we really want to hear from? Well, I'd like to rekindle my time with Chelsea if the stars align to make that happen. I mean, she claims that her superpower is being an empath. So that's a friend that you want to have, right? Here she is. So what does being an empath mean to you? I can feel people's energy. And I know it sounds weird. I'm just very aware of how people communicate or like the energy that they're bringing to the room. And I feel feel it like I mirror it Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. like we're both crossing our legs like from a outsider's point of view and like case studies Mm -hmm. if I had if I uncrossed my legs and I didn't say anything about it Mm -hmm. if your dog got up and moved you would probably do the same thing Mm -hmm. right we match like how people vocalize without Uh Uh using our mouths or words right so I'm just in tune and I, and I have a sense of like what you need to like calm down or Mm -hmm. get through the conversation or the interaction that I'm having with you. Yeah. I just have a intuition Mm -hmm. that has been heightened and an ability to like be patient and like assess people's cares and needs and make them comfortable enough with me that they can be very, very vulnerable and tell me what they need that they haven't vocalized. I am a helper. Mm-hmm. I will help you any way that I can. And if I'm linked to you in any certain way, like sometimes at like my own detriment. Yeah, that's actually exactly what my yeah. next question was for you. Because I feel yes. like I have a little bit of that. Yes. And I, I do feel like in a lot of cases, it makes it really difficult for me to say what I need and what yes. I feel. Yes. Because I don't want to hurt feelings. I don't want to cause drama. I want to be there for you. (laughs) So I'm only like, honestly, really recently being like, okay, no, I need to speak up. But it it feels seriously difficult. (laughs) Yes, because there's no like hard data. I mean, I can metaphysically express what I'm like, if we wanted to get real and woo woo about it, I can go all day and night. And we can do that, but probably off podcast because it's not for everybody <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Now that people are talking in like different way and we have verbiage for some of this stuff, it's also referred to as being a highly sensitive HSP, a highly sensitive person. And a lot of it, people are women and you just have that. I mean, we're, it's more normalized for us to have, to have those like feelings right. of like, 
I can feel and like know, intuitively know how to nurture you or to get you how to express what you're feeling to me. Right. I think it's a beautiful thing. It's one of the things that I hated so much about myself, but it's one of the things that I've learned. That's my superpower. Like Mm -hmm. that's what I can like, you can go and get degrees. That's what therapists do. Right. 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 It's like, there's businesses for this. There's, but I done it for free in the real world and professionally it doesn't make sense for me to like monetize that I don't want to become a third I want to be able to do this healthily for the rest of my life Chelsea got in with her people in high school the drama geeks and it was not just for fun but also a way to manage depression and anxiety I want to say I was a musical theater nerd, but I was a hardcore thespian. Oh. I love them straight plays. And not straight isn't, you know, straight. Yeah, yeah. But, like, <laughs> I was such a sucker for drama. I wanted so desperately to be a dramatic actor. Um, I did festivals. So, like, Shakespearean festivals. Uh-huh. And um, Were you see how easy it is to just do it hardcore yes <laughs> i mean i we i just found my own weirdos really mm. and then those weirdos liked the same things that i liked and we just yeah. um yeah did theater together mm-hmm. or just told fantastical stories i've or like wrote crazy fan fiction crazy fan fiction uh-huh. but by any means i mean we just entertainers and entertained ourselves and like i it was probably horribly obnoxious. I was also like in teens against tobacco use. (gasps) And I was very like, you don't have to have drugs to have a good time, but you can smoke weed if you want. Like I'm not, I, but I'm going to advocate that you don't need to like get anything but high on life and like do art. And then college happened. And it was like, well, you know, (laughs) Smirnoff ice is also good. If I'm going to have to, and if I want to indulge after rehearsal, like, oh, <laughs> you were intolerable. Yes, 100%. I... Also, <laughs> I don't hate those kids. Like, they're no, onto something. No. Like, you're in an activity. I mean, I was also horribly depressed and so anxious and having, like, I was plagued by death. My whole... Oh. <laughs> so, at literally looking back, it was just like, thank God I had an outlet. And totally. thank God my parents were cool enough to be like, yeah, go do that weird thing that you love. And, like talk about nothing but Buffy like talk about nothing but like Shakespeare if that's what keeps you like around people that are 100% you know yeah be supportive and into the thing you like yes but guaranteed I look back and I'm like oh my god I literally made patches with my our like theater group that said I N A P because everyone thought that we were the kids that had drugs right right right, or just like I mean we were legitimately like incestuous about uh-huh. like relationships and love and all yes. that drama Dram- literally just non-stop <laughs> drama but like these are also the people that I started the company with mm-hmm. that I still love these are my family yeah and my parents were like super cool and they were the theater mom and dad they would like bring us filtered water so we didn't have to drink out of the tap in the like underfunded performing arts center and, like but anyway, it, so the INAP, I don't know if I like. No, 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 tell that. me, tell me. I'm not a pothead was what INAP stood for. Oh. And we had like patches that we would wear in our backpacks. And people would be like, what's INAP? And we'd be like, I'm not a pothead. Like, we don't need to. <laughs> oh, we do. Like, you think that I'm a stoner, but I'm not. It's okay if you are too, but like, do it responsibly. <laughs> 
oh my gosh it's so adorable well it's the same thing like with the little punk rock i mean this is probably still oh a my thing, god yes but that would like the straight edge straight punk edge rockers. i was just gonna totally, say it's yeah. glorified straight edge like i like, look i look like i use drugs but i don't yes. <laughs> and it's all it's like the identity of the thing that you're not doing is like uh, so but then it yeah it just put anyway drugs are different dare is gonna happen Uh one way or the other yeah (laughs) right anyway and nobody wants high schoolers to do drugs or alcohol it's not good for your brain (laughs) exactly and i'm super i am super because i definitely partake in cannabis cannabis is a big part of my life yeah i'm glad that i waited until my brain was like somewhat formed and i had a handle on my mental health right before that they used to have a circus here Luckily, she was an INAP in high school because she needed to figure out her mental health without complications. Here's a bit of her journey to get there, starting with a lot of death at a young age. I started going to therapy before somebody should probably need to. I was like eight. I Growing up, I just had death happen a lot around me. Um, okay, just so just to clarify. Yeah, that's my question. What You had like actual death yes. or you had like thoughts of death? Both, because it was very real. Yeah, the de- the first death I remember was my best friend, like, across the street from me. Like, we went to school together, had a brain tumor, and died. And, like, we saw the whole thing go down. Like, it was, um, you know, plant- they knew it was happening, but it was like, you know. So that was normalized. And then my uncle died of AIDS. So that was, like, sh- right before I turned 10. Oof early 90s mm-hmm. so i had a real like it just manifests yeah. trauma right it's yeah. com- so the only mental health diagnosis that i've had of many <laughs> not bragging just owning it <laughs> but the one that i'm comfortable talking about is cptsd okay and that's i mean that's been an ongoing healing process what in is my that life. complex post-traumatic stress disorder oh okay so it's hard to understand it is a hard thing to like describe or like it's different for everybody. Mm -hmm, Right. mm -hmm. So you have to take like a wide swing at treatment Mm -hmm, and see what mm -hmm. sticks. Um, so I was super happy to have done that a little, a little bit of that healing before college. And I was so like, theater was like, Oh my God, a wonderful escape. I am dealing with (laughs) the fact that you don't have to solve everything with getting together and like doing a production selling tickets to things. (laughs) Right. Um, Because that's not healthy. (laughs) Art can be an escape and it is a great um, thing to like run into. And it can get you through a lot, girl. Like I casts and like having camaraderie camaraderie of geeks around you is like very real. So how did the CPSD like manifest in your life? So uh, just a compound of like a bunch of loss, like right all it happens in threes mm-hmm. in my life at least. Mm-hmm. And it's all at once, like mm-hmm. in a short, in like a year or two years. Yeah. And so it was like compound grief with an early awareness of death. Right. And like that it can happen literally anytime to anyone at any time. So sleep was crazy. Like I'm also very attuned to like religious shit. Mm-hmm. Growing up, my mom was Catholic or is is Catholic, but she's not practicing now. It's mm-hmm. like that was a wa- a presence in my life. They, um, my dad and her had an agreement that we would be brought up inside of the Catholic school system. Mm-hmm. And he comes from like hardcore, like Montessori, like very much liberal liberal arts 
focused, but like religion is like a thing that can have very, he's kind of secular and like Carl Sagan was like our God. (laughs) And then my mom was like, no, but God is God and it's Catholic. And so we have to baptize them, yada, yada. And they came to like an agreement that we would go as a family, but like, should it become compromising for you to like, yeah, you know, and I was immediately like, no, this is wrong and weird. And like, I get the rituals and I see all the things, but like ex on the Catholic thing. Mm-hmm. And they were super into that. And so in the family is mm-hmm. still a very much a presence. Mm-hmm. And my mom's side lost a lot of people in a very short amount of time, very dramatically. And Catholics are crazy about dead bodies. Like, they can't get enough. They want you to show you. And, like, as a kid, <laughs> like, and then on top of the fact that they were all kind of dramatic deaths, it was just, like, yeah. there's a lot of unanswered questions. And then there's lots of toxic ghosts and spirits. And, like, right? they're not gone, but they're gone. And they're in the head. And then it's, like, when you have the two people at home being, like, Oh no, actually, like we don't know what's going on up right. there. We nobody has any idea. And then it's we're all, you know, one and there's all but then it's like, so why are we going to this place that's like everyone's going to hell? But we loved them and here they are and like look at the dead body and then That is weird. a lot. Yeah. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. And that's not a, I'm not I'm not a unique experience by any means, but in what way? <laughs> I mean, most of the time when I like tell this story or get mm-hmm. into my background at all about mental health and like how my childhood was, people are like, oh, me too. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Most of the time it's like, oh, same. Or like I've had something similar to that where like you have to get into some real shit pretty quick in life. And like the only way to like get through it is to know that you're not the only one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Things are traumatic and you everyone processes it differently. Thankfully, my parents were the kind to be like, we're going to grow all together as a family. Mm -hmm. So I've seen them get through some like crazy shit. And they've done the same things that I have ended up doing to like get through. I saw my parents go to counseling and like learn to communicate. I saw them go to retreats to like become closer together. They're like still together to this day. I was like one of the only friends in my school system that had parents that were still together. Not school, but like school like system of friends. Yeah. You know. And they're the parents to a lot of my friends who don't have traditional families anymore. Like, my friends legitimately hang out with my parents, even though I'm not in the state. They, like, go to – you know, it's, like, so cute. Yeah. And um, a lot of times it's, like, oh, you had trauma, but you – it's not a – everyone fucking has trauma. If you get real with yourself – Yeah. Like, if you really look at – a lot of people don't because they don't want to see that stuff. And it is hard to go through, but Mm -hmm. it is – something we have to normalize because yeah if I like look I want to see what I wrote to my friend because because it's like yeah I, this has been a theme in my life yeah and we have a way of like selective memory mm-hmm. right? and it's like when you pull that cord yeah you might be letting some things come out and real into your life that you don't want but right. like it only helps it helps everything yeah like yeah, I yeah. truly believe that there's some form of healing for everyone mm-hmm. and yeah I mean, you've had more grief than I have, to be honest. Not that we need to, like, level no, everything. No, we can. But we can. I, I mean, literally, this is our first time hanging out. Right. Just so, so how does it? We're recording it. But, so we're, <laughs> we're learning lots I'm, of new things yes, about each other. Yes, but I love it. And yes, I would love to hear but your experience. My parents um, have been together a long time, too. Like, I don't even know, 40 years or something crazy like that. Right, exactly. So 
But they modeled that too. Like they were never shy about telling me that their communication was shit at the beginning and they do ongoing therapy. It's not like a one time and then you're done kind of thing. And such a relief. It's like, oh. Yeah. So it's like modeling that relationships are hard and, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're not perfect and you have to take steps to get better. god like you live so many lifetimes or at least i mean maybe not everyone does but i certainly do i am not that same bitch that got like yeah i <laughs> mm-hmm. yes but yeah also i do like the the fact that i have these notes and i can look back and like connect with that person again yes because yes i want to learn and grow and i should not be behaving like a 12 year old <laughs> But also, like, there's some behavior, right? But there's some magic in like connecting with that original person before they like were fucked up by their life. (laughs) Yes, yes. So yeah, I hope I did save my journals. Oh, Um, the journals. So I know I'm dreading going. Yeah, because you were a writer, right? Like, yes. There's ample (laughs) like I moved my whole life into like a five by five storage space with my partner. And I got two boxes of keepsakes. I was like, we can fit two boxes of this shit. When you boil it down. Yes. So I have kept some mementos, but like, yeah, the notes, I'm like, "Mm, I would love to know what we were talking about. Mm. Or just kind of some, sometimes there's like mention. I do. I went through recently went through yearbooks and like the notes yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, some of those jokes I don't remember. And it's like, never forget this joke. And it's like, <laughs> right. fuck, that's so, that's referenced some, that started somewhere. Right. Like, and right. I want to know where. Yeah. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, my journals are not good. Well, I kind of, I feel like I was more open and honest and emotionally invested in the notes that I wrote to friends versus yes. just the way that I journaled. Like my internal dialogue's not that interesting or revealing. <laughs> right. Uh, it <exactly>. wasn't. <laughs> right. And then also it's just the admission of things to of other friends that I kind of want to know too. Mm-hmm. Or just the way that I would say it in the moment. It would be interesting. Totally. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to the poetry that happens. In the, <gasps> like <laughs> I'm oh. semi, I'm like, I want to do this with somebody so that they can experience it with me yeah. and we can laugh together. But yeah. I think I get more depressed about it solo. <laughs> <laughs> As Chelsea said, she's a helper, and since her high school poetry days, she's honed her communication skills as a social worker, until her workaholic tendencies revealed themselves. And I have friends and people that I interact with on a daily basis are on average 94 to 12. Right, right, right. and, And younger, eight. Um, so you like all the humans love all the humans yes <laughs> love all the humans legitimately yes yeah, yeah i'm a lover of humans mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> i think i'm actually quite awkward with children and old people yeah it's been a skill that i've acquired over my life and most people yeah can't talk to kids or, or there's like a disconnect that happens it was honestly my time in social work that I broke through and learned to like and really d- double down on like communication as a focus professionally. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's the same reason as people have a hard time talking to deaf people. People have a hard time talking to people with disabilities. Yeah. Like you just there has to be long sustained training of the brain to like learn different forms of communication. Right. 
it's just like learning a different language. Yeah, yeah. It just re- also requires like, how would you want to be treated? Mm-hmm. How would you want to be talked to? Mm-hmm. And most yeah. people don't want to ask themselves those questions. Yeah, I don't want to be talked to like an idiot. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's what it, that and, and nobody does. <laughs> right, and then it's like, okay, so that applies to me, and then literally everyone that I encounter, and there doesn't have to be a shift with the difference. Right. Yeah. Tell me about your experience as a social worker. How long did you do that for? Uh, 2000, again, num- a number is f- strange, and time is a construct. So, <laughs> so just in um, general, how do you feel about it? It was 2009 <laughs> to 2015. Okay. Yes, so six years, going on seven. Uh-huh. Yes. So right? what Fast made now. you... <laughs> Somewhere between five to ten years. Yes, exactly. So what made you quit? I got into it and I loved it. And then it was, again, like a workaholism is a thing that comes up in my life. Um, I went hard and I went all in and it's not easy. And it requires, especially as somebody who identifies as an empath, I know that's like a buzzword now but I do feel feelings deeply and I do as much as humans are garbage and an actual parasite to this earth um and I love animals more (laughs) I humans are great and just you know all of people deserve to be treated with respect and the government doesn't do that and they deserve advocates so I went hard and my mother-in-law was actually the reason I fell in love with my husband I fell in love with her first she got me the job and was like, you're going to be great at this. Like, you're a nurturer and a caretaker and you could make money doing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we worked together for like two years. Yeah, it had to be 2009 because she passed in 2011. I took her job at Seattle Children's Hospital in the Project Search program. So I helped kids who got diagnosed with a learning disability a variety, or you know, on the spectrum, mm-hmm. disabilities of some kind, help them from the time they were... Uh, diagnosed in the school system through their last year of special education. And then we got them jobs within the hospital. Oh, Um, wow. So I was working in like the janitorial system to like with people working one-on-one and helping them and being their advocate between like human resources. Okay. And their boss uh, and then their parents and the government itself giving them the benefits. Right, right, right. Helping, like, me be there to help them, Mm -hmm, essentially, mm -hmm. Um, which doesn't always happen. And a lot of people get kicked out or taken off, which is pretty much while I left. So, yeah, I um, worked in, like, the janitorial position. But then I also worked with higher-functioning people um, in, like, the cancer care unit, Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. in every department possible, Mm -hmm, essentially. mm -hmm. And that took a toll. Yeah. It was amazing. Like, I don't regret a second of it, but I do wish I um, didn't get so... I, I did it for too long. Yeah. Um, and then I left the hospital and I tried to do it out in the field <laughs> and work closer with the school system. And it was a lot. So, it really? Like, in yeah. what way? For some reason, a school was harder than the hospital for me. Yeah, it's weird. Like, for a long time, it just felt like I worked in a hotel. Uh-huh. And then over time, you get broken down. You're doing more than what you're getting paid to do. You're getting paid shit. Yeah. It's not affluent. 
at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, well, it wasn't at the time for me in the position that I was in. That's not it, overgeneralization. <laughs> um, but because uh, there are ways that you can really succeed. And thank God people fucking do. I left because I honestly, it was like a wave of emotion at me every single day. Yeah. And I did not, and I was drowning and I wasn't taking care of myself. And that's easy to do in mm-hmm. that kind of a setting, right? Did Especially you need a if you're degree? not meant for it. I got certified. So oh, okay. I'm um, in like licensed, uh-huh. I think it's behavioral coaching okay. specialist. Like okay. I'd help people most often with their like social interaction mm-hmm. and nonverbal communication, right. nonviolent de-escalation, right. like mediation for someone who doesn't necessarily ha- have the ability to speak for themselves mm-hmm. and like social worker stuff mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. would allow me to work in the position that I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. caretaking for someone, because I can advocate in the hospital style setting as well as like a governmental style setting. It was a cool job. And it, thank God I fucking did it because now I'm needing to do, I'm going to be doing this. Like I said, I pretty much got out of it professionally because I saw skills that I could use for the people that I actually, that I really, that I love that are in my life that will need these, Mm -hmm. you know, here, not soon, but like, you know, mortality is real. It can happen to anyone. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd like to be able to be there for like my family members and like family members, um, are there organizations there probably are but that play that liaison role that you're playing for your uncle like yes. arranging everything for people yes. oh yeah, yeah yeah, dealing with your health insurance dealing with the government yes. like all those is it really expensive yeah it can be yeah. yes but the state of california is actually pretty cool there's a lot of programs that you can sign up for I just know in Washington, there's like very little, but coming down here to California, it was like, whoa, there's, if you're willing to go that route and if you want that kind of, it takes a lot. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of waiting on hold. There's a lot of going through paperwork. It's like, they don't make it easy, No, unfortunately, because our culture doesn't really want to address how we treat our newborns and our elderly people or those people that need (laughs) assistance. Mm -hmm. We are all temporarily abled. I could leave and like lose my ability to speak or hear or walk or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. that's a reality that most people are like, nope, I want to watch reality TV. (laughs) And not think about it. Rather, I'll just deal with it when it happens. You're going to have to deal with it. It's like the odds of shitting your pants. You're going to shit your pants. This is one of the things. It's not going to happen to me. I have you. Okay. This may be the story you remember her from. Episode 55, Who Emergency. Thank you for that visual. Yes. It's (laughs) real. That emotional journey. (laughs) (laughs) It happened to me young, right? Like all these like horrible things in life like happened to me very young. Yeah. And I'm like, well... So do you feel like you're an old soul because thing, oh, 100%. things like death and not... shitting your pants happen so early? Yes. And it probably have. I'm literally, I've been told by many mediums and psychics and not and people in my life. I have a lot of like earth energy workers in my life. And from the time I was able to like comprehend what the people were saying, it was, oh, you're, you've been, done this before, you know? I could talk to adults and babies. I mean, there's been awkward years and I've definitely had to get good at it, but I've been able to like 
connect with people mm-hmm. because it's like, I get it. I can me too. Just about anything. Anything, right, right. And that's not a bad thing. I it was like hard. It specifically one of the things I think I where I don't remember a lot of elementary school or middle school is because I was like alone or with adults. Mm-hmm. And that's also not a bad thing. But it took me a while to find, like, the weirdos that Mm -hmm. would be like, oh, me too. Like, you want to talk about periods? Like, it's not just, like, uh, there's a lot of denial of what's going on in your life. And I have always been around people that would be like, well, you're not the only one. Start talking to someone. Someone sometimes going to be like, me too. Right. I like that weird British TV show, too. (laughs) Like, that you can only get on PBS. (laughs) I woke up from a bad dream. So she spent a lot of time hanging with adults. And then in high school, she found her fellow weirdos and learned how to connect, especially with people who needed to hear me too. But of course, everything is weird in those middle years. Let's go back pre-INAP patches to the back of the middle school bus. Oh, this is a great one because I don't know anybody from the store anymore. <laughs> and it might be exaggerated because my brain works like a dramatist. So some <laughs> things are all, you know, exaggerate, make good for good stories, right? I think it was like fifth grade. So I was the awkward, weird kid that just oversharer and very loud and obnoxious. And I didn't really follow trends. So I, I'm also very, I have brothers, I have guy friends almost exclusively and boys play totally different than girls do yes. and I fit in with the guys bar not until I really got like theater friends boys 100% like I was the only girl at so many boy birthday parties it's like unreal so I was trying to get in with the cool kids or I had a friend where I went to like a birthday party and like the cool kids and I were like I had like a one in yeah and so I like can remember sitting in the back of the bus for the first time and being like there's no guy around me that I know like I'm out of fish out of water and the idea of smoking or somebody brought a pack of cigarettes and was showing off so this had to be like 10 or 11 because it was like before I had really experienced that and my parents were off and on smokers for like ever so it was I knew what it was and I knew that I should not have it and that nor be around it Mm -hmm. and it gave me so much anxiety they tried to get me to take one or something and everyone's supposed to go home and like smoke a cigarette (laughs) don't remember anybody's names just know that they were like the cool girls (laughs) and I had like one adjacent friend who I think I was like mostly forced to be around because of moms being friends right and she was like very clearly like ascending and I was very clearly like still the like I all I wanted to talk about was X-Files I'm sure of it girl (laughs) I'm sure of it and I was wearing like boy clothes I got hand-me-downs there was like no other girls in my family that were like age appropriate it was all like oh well she could wear that she's like no gender like I free to be whoever you are and my mom is like very much creature of comfort so it was like leisure wear yes until like Mm -hmm. (laughs) far too (laughs) until I could get like good at stealing from like the prop closet there you go (laughs) anyway so cigarettes and I was like, no. And I had so much anxiety about it. I was like, no, my parents are going to smell it. They'll know. And so they're like, fine, whatever. You're like, not cool enough. And I 
stayed up all night because I was like, I have to tell someone like they're not, they're going to damage their lungs. Like very, like they're going to get in trouble and like, they're going to go too far and they're going to associate me. So I was like, I have to tell someone. And I knew I was like, they could find out back to me, but I should not be hanging out with these people. I was like, I have enough guy friends that I can like get by (laughs) I'm going to remember, like, doing the, like, social brain. gymnastics. And then I was just like, thank God I had, like, people around me that were helping me do this in my brain, like, for myself, right? Yeah. I should have, yeah. like, re- I've reframed this story. Because <laughs> I was for sure outcast because it did get back to me. But I went down and I told my dad and I can remember in my brain. The memories that I do have are, like, very vivid. So I remember going downstairs and he was doing a puzzle. <laughs> in his little bathrobe and I was like dad like this happened like I can't sleep and so I know that I should talk to you and he was like cool and then like I know I remember like making him promise that he wouldn't say it was me that he that you know making up some idea long story short the cool kids found out that it was me and I was shunned Mm -hmm. and like a confrontation happened to the point where I was like I remember walking across the field and like going and sitting on this big rock that would then like be a like hangout for like actual friends so that's pretty cool um but and I like I just remember crying and being like fuck it I'm crying like I'm crying I'm like I did the right thing and like whatever and then like the guys that I was friends with in fifth grade I carried over to be friends with through high school so yeah bless your little heart yeah, that was that's the only like blow up that uh, i remember i mean i'm sure like i get into fights and like things happen but like the two like closest friends that i had in middle school i'm still like facebook friends with them right like right. we went through some shit but like ultimately like we've you know stayed into faux touch sure but then the friends that i acquired in like ninth and tenth grade are were my business partners right like, and still, like, I literally talk to all five of them today. Yeah. Six. I think we have, like, a text thread. Right. It's not surprising that someone who cares so much about human parasites would be really concerned about a bunch of fifth graders smoking cigarettes. When Chelsea and I had this conversation, we were both a little bit in between jobs and really thinking about our careers. And that led us to talking about our passion for people versus people pleasing. Plus, of course, student debt. So yeah, I was looking into like school counseling and social work and just kind of those positions we've talked about. And it's like to go back and get whatever degree and certification I would need for a Mm -hmm. lot of this makes no financial sense. Right. Because <laughs> then I'm you end up with student right debt, with you. you know, yes. and then I'm not going to make enough to even pay that right. off. And so it doesn't make sense, which right. I am very sad about. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, you know, to make it make sense with financial aid and all that, you need to choose to do that when you're 18 years old. And most yeah. people don't know what they're good at when they're 18 years old. Right. <laughs> it's so real. Yeah. I know. So. There is, there. like I said, there's... A lot of things um, that you can do in those realms, but they will keep you at entry level for a really long time. You have to pay your dues and it fucking sucks and burnout is fucking real. Right. And hard to come back from, but they're also insanely rewarding. There was like four years of my experience where I was like, I would do this if I won the lottery, I would go in tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But that was also like the people pleaser. 
that like wanted to show like needed to show up for everyone yeah 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 right right. and completely I don't know what showing up for myself looks like right and so that's I'm like okay we need some some chill time Mm -hmm. like I need to really look at like this workaholic tendency and like yeah it's um yeah it's good to do some soul searching and to figure out if you would have the bandwidth to do that like knowing that about yourself I just wish in life money was not a factor. Right? <laughs> can we just get there right. and everyone can just do what they love and what they're good at and everyone That's has food right. and healthcare? <laughs> yeah. There's places in the world, unfortunately not America. No. And it would require a lot to like do a move to go to a place where you could literally go to uni for free and right. like pursue this in like two to three years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's there. There's avenues, but it's not fucking easy. And then you do have to like sacrifice. Like you're a student. That's hard to do right. at any time. And some people can. My I have friends that are still fucking in school that volunteer to go back to school to get more degrees and who yeah. love it. They are yeah, turned yeah. on by it, lit up. And I'm like, most anxiety in the world. Like really? I literally have nightmares of like having to go to class. And, you're not like, a school I'm person. Not a so- <laughs> art school dropout. I and I have <laughs> so much fear about doing anything professionally or like sharing advice at all because I'm like feel like it's all unqualified. But it's like yeah. no, I've actually done some fucking work. Yeah. All I needed to like feel validated was to watch Lady Gaga like Oprah interview where she was like, I dropped out of college after two years. I'm like, perfect. (laughs) Done and great. (laughs) Validated. Like not everyone is a student. Like it's remarkable. Right. How like much energy it takes and money in this country and resources. You go back to square negative 100,000. Yes. It's fully crazy. It's not cheap and that is like student debt it's horrible and it used to be like when i got a student loan it was like it's good debt (laughs) yeah that that was a lie that is untrue (laughs) i'm like oh my god yeah i just finished paying off two years of school and i left in 2000 and Five to ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> more. Yeah, exactly. Uh, early 2000s. Yeah. yeah early yeah. aughts. Um, 2008. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah it's brutal. Yep. And I was marvelously privileged to be able to like right. hustle enough to fucking do that. Like I still have people that literally left right around the same time who probably still have that debt. Mm-hmm. And the people who graduated from Cornish, uh, 200 plus thousand. <gasps> Oh my god! And that's a BA. Oh my gosh! And sorry, this is going to sound judgmental, but you have like a degree in art, right? Right? Exactly. I was like, it's not like it's dollar oh bills ringing god. down after that. I was like, this. I'm going. I'm just going to do this on my. Own. I'm just going to do this for free, right? And what's cool? I was going to get up and go pee, but now oh, I'm excited. Do, yeah. Is there's so much online learning that you can do now yes. too, right? So you can connect with people in your community that are also into theater or oh whatever, God. and they'll teach you some stuff. There's like video, YouTube, like yes. all that. And I taught myself how to play the ukulele last year. Oh my God, let's talk more about that because I am obsessed. Like ukulele will, yes. For free oh my God. on the internet. Love it. Ukulele yeah. anthem, 100%. It's a fever in my body and a that I must try. Okay, I think the takeaway is that a college education of any kind should not bankrupt you as an adult. 
And an education to do something that you love doesn't always require a college education. There are so many online resources now. Even colleges offer online courses that don't have the same requirements as a degree. I know a lot of people are doing this right now. I sent this recording to my editor and she said, I love Chelsea. I feel like I am Chelsea. But what made you want to share this story right now? And that got me thinking, it's not just that I like her. It's that this conversation is what I've missed over the past year. I actually enjoy these kind of random conversations with folks that you don't know super well, but who are just willing to put it out there. People who you can immediately me too with, who share their mental health struggles, what helps them get through it, who they love, what they love, and how obnoxious they were in middle school. These moments of being slightly vulnerable with someone, when you're unsure how they're going to receive you, that's magic. And even though I'm now awkward and don't know how to act in social settings, I'm reminding myself and you, there's magic out there. If we can be brave. Big tales and a